0: hey what's going on it's another episode of locked on raptors sean here with you and the toronto raptors are coming off a very nice win over the indiana pacers last night their first home win since february 23rd 2020 against those same Indiana Pacers, and they're very much the same. Very bland, meh, boring Pacers. Uh, and We're going to dig into the Raptors' win over Indiana last night with a wonderful guest, Jay Rosales, who was my press row buddy last night, sitting next to each other, watching the game at Scotiabank Arena. He is here to talk all about OG and 25 points, Fred VanVleet's 26 points, Scotty Barnes being Scotty Barnes again. We're going to get to all of it on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't oh, shoot kind of miss. So. what's going on welcome to episode number 1045 of locked on raptors for uh thursday october the 28th i'm your host sean woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors and of course you can subscribe to rate review find the podcast for free on all of your favorite platforms including youtube so please go and subscribe to the youtube page if you have not done so yet and thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show the Toronto Raptors big 118 100 win over the Indiana Pacers last night. They looked really good for basically the entire game. No real stretches of not looking good, which you love to see. Raptors move to 2-3, and the Pacers fall to 1-4, and the Raptors will play the Pacers again on Saturday, but uh, we're here to talk about last night's game before we look ahead, and we are joined by my press row pal, last night at the arena, we ate Leela's uh, roti and doubles together, it was a lovely time, it is Jay Rosales from That's A Wrap, and the Raptors HQ website as well, how's it going man?
1: It's going really good, and gotta say, those doubles were delicious, so uh, enjoyed our little date night.
0: it was a lovely date night an absolute (laughs) game changer for leela's roti and doubles to be in the arena fantastic they even got my order wrong and i wasn't even upset i was like you know what the the butter chicken's fine i want a jerk chicken butter chicken just works just fine this is lovely um yeah shout out to leela's and uh shout out to the improved food options down there as Bank Arena, but we're not here to talk about food. I guess we kind of are. The Indiana Pacers were, in many ways, the Toronto Raptors' food last night, uh, so we're going to dig into our biggest takeaways. We're going to talk about some rotational changes as well. Goran Dragic falling out of favor. Who needs, uh, you know, Malachi Flynn to be your backup when you can, you know, I guess that's not that. Who is upset about Malachi Flynn not getting backup point guard minutes when Goran Dragic can't even get backup point guard minutes because Delano Banton is just too damn good and valuable. We will talk about that and, and i'll work work on my diction uh as we go through this podcast as well uh we're also going to talk about og fred and all of the rest but i guess we should start here with jay what was your biggest takeaway from the raptors win over the pacers their first home win in a very 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 long time for me it was uh,
1: surprisingly something that nick nurse had said in before the game he in the pre-game presser he mentioned he was asked a question about his thoughts on the early season physicality and what the referees are allowing And the two words that he said before like quicker than a Delano bent in fast break he said man up (laughs) yeah he said they got to be physical they got to play through the physicality and play through the pinball action in the lane and I saw that in this game right there was a ton of physicality you mentioned OG Ananobi's strong game we saw that in the way he was just taking advantage of whoever rick Carlisle threw at him i think that's really jumped out to me and the i i don't know the official numbers i've been waiting on those numbers but the number of deflections i saw last night totally blew my <laughs> mind there were just hands everywhere i mean you looked at me at one point and you said there are just arms arms everywhere <laughs> and all i could think of was this team is just one giant squid just flailing arms everywhere but with purpose and conviction and Mm -hmm. again i don't know what the final numbers were on those deflections but to, to me that really stood out to me
0: is it's just how active these hands were
1: and how aggressive they were on both ends of the floor
0: To your point about the squid, uh, at one point, to peel behind the curtain, Jay looked at me, having Googled, how many arms are on a squid? And he was, (laughs) I think, working up some sort of squid game joke. I had not seen squid games, so I didn't understand any of it. But I do like myself some uh, invertebrates, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the big striking thing for me, is the defense was just so smothering once again. And that's now five games in a row, really, where they've looked pretty good. Um, You know, they they let the Bulls score a little bit. Sure. They let the Mavs score a little bit, but not really like they hung in pretty well on the defensive end, basically uh, all throughout the entire season so far. And that's because they have a million dudes who are long and agile and versatile. It's really, really fun to watch. And I'm like amazed at how quickly it's all come together here like there's so many new faces it's a complex system although it has been kind of toned down a little bit as they're just realizing oh we can just switch everything when we want to because everyone is the same defender basically you know that's been really nice to see and i think my big takeaway from watching that game unfold is like that was the exact formula the raptors are going for and They only need like a couple of spurts where their offense kind of plays above its head, and it's going to be hard for teams to make up deficits against this Raptors team. They're so smothering. Putting together a run against them seems really daunting, and if you looked at last night, look, the Pacers are the Pacers. They're pretty bland. They might be torn apart by the end of the season because they're just like this sort of stuck-in-mud team. But they have an all-star, DeMondis Sabonis, who looked miserable last night, both in his play and also in just his, like, general attitude towards looking at all these Raptors defenders flying his way. He, uh, I think, was held to nine points in this game, and he, uh, yeah, let me just pull it up. Yeah, had three assists. He had four turnovers as well. For a guy who is, like, a hub of the offense, you just basically cut the snake's head off right there. And that's going to be difficult for any team to come back and make up a 16 point deficit going into the fourth. You know, this is way too early to make any sort of grand proclamations, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Raptors be a really good team at just like not blowing it, just because their defense is so smothering and it really does look the part, even more so than I think you would have expected it would look like this early on. I think my big takeaway, Jay, from all of that, um, and I'm curious what you think about this, I, I thought this was as I mentioned, they need these sort of bursts where their offense can kind of stake them a lead and then they can kind of hang in there and and just, you know, kind of cruise control to the end with their defense. I thought they were just so good with their opportunism in this game. And that's why I kind of go back to this being the formula for the Raptors, right? Is they're not going to be able to beat you with, you know, elegant half court possessions that lead to beautiful open looks all over the place. It's just not going to be the way it is. But they just kind of muck things up enough where they can make that margin for error that their defense is usually going to withstand. And so I thought, first of all, the offensive rebounding last night, they had 16 offensive boards, 33 second chance points. That's more than two points per offensive board. That's incredible. They had uh, 21 more shot attempts in the game than the Pacers did, which is going to be the math problem the Raptors are trying to be on the right side of basically every night because their offense is not so hot. And I thought there was another opportunity that kind of presented itself just in the form that the Pacers take by not having anyone to guard OG Ananobi. And they kind of created opportunities out of that. They were like, okay, OG, you go to work against Chris Duarte or Justin Holiday. You're stronger than both of those guys combined. Have fun. And then the opportunity kind of presented itself where after he had that outburst of a first quarter with 16 points, you saw the Pacers throw a bunch of attention his way. And yes, OG calmed down and cooled down for the rest of the game, but he leveraged that extra attention into a ton of easy buckets for others. He found Scotty Barnes for one of those patented float, patented floaters at the nail. He found Kem Birch underneath with a really nice big-to-big pass when a couple guys, when I think Sabonis kind of just, just lurched over his way a couple steps and then boom, Kem Birch, easy underneath. I think he got an and one out of it in the first half. What did you think of the way they kind of mined that opportunity that was, oh, gee, there's no one on this team who can guard you. Go to work and see what you can make happen.
1: Yeah, and I think that that a part of that is something that you had already mentioned, and that is that cruise control on defense. I think that we can probably expect throughout this season is that the the Raptors are going to hold their opponent somewhere in and around 100 points or less, depending Mm -hmm. on the offense and depending on whether there's an off night here and there. But generally, the Raptors are going to keep their opponent under 100 points, And, and something that's kind of bugged me a bit about how the Raptors are are perceived is that I just think that over the last season and a half their struggles were were not so much a, a problem about Nick Nurse's coaching or or the, the, the I think it was just the personnel wasn't the right fit for what he was trying to do right and yeah, we yeah. what you mentioned earlier about Sabonis is exactly that you know over the last uh, especially two years ago when they had their remnants of the championship roster there always was a a game against a superstar and they would shut them down whether it was lebron james whether it was damian lillard there was a formula there that the raptors were using and we're starting to see that come back again now with the right personnel and as it pertains to to the offense that you're speaking of i think that again with the defense on this kind of cruise control then the offense just needs to get more than a hundred points really to, to really yeah. dumb it down. Right. And I, I think that yeah, you're right. They, they hit on those points. You know, Nick nurse talked about it in the beginning with, with, when he was asked a question about um Fred and precious and, and their chemistry, he said, you know what? Precious has missed a whole bunch of bunnies and yeah. you make a couple of those bunnies. And then all of a sudden the Raptors are above 500 instead. So, and, and I think we saw that it was, it was Scotty Barnes grabbing his own offensive rebound and putting it back more than once. It yeah. was Delano Banton becoming a, a one man fast break and and seizing that opportunity of, okay, well, I've only got, you know, maybe I've only got five minutes playing time. Maybe this is my only time. And that's what really jumps out to me about, Delano Banton and him taking advantage of his opportunity, it is, okay, well, I've got the ball, I'm going 110 miles an hour to the basket until you figure out a way to stop me. There is no playbook on him, on how to defend Mm -hmm. him, so he's taking advantage of that opportunity, and we've seen he's kind of leapfrogged Malachi and Goran in the the depth (laughs) chart there, right? So, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think that the, the opportunities are being seized not just by one or two individuals, it's being seized by anyone who gets any kind of playing time. And one final point on this, you know, I, I mentioned to you uh, sometime during the, the third or fourth quarter, after Svi did another form of Svivery, where he stole a pass <laughs> out of nowhere and and dunked the ball, is is what happens to his minutes when Utah returns, right? Or, or when yeah. Pascal returns, right? The the Raptors are have a, have a good problem here of having a lot of guys who are playing well. So uh, again, great problem to have. Again, they take advantage of these opportunities and. You you get what you get last night, which is another victory. And on deck, they've got an Orlando Magic team, another one they can t- take advantage of.
0: Yeah, the Magic stink. Uh, <laughs> we will look into that game tomorrow for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll continue to talk about last night's game in just a second here. I want to talk about Fred Van VanVleet. I also want to expand upon the Delano Banton stuff and the rotation news that came up from last night not really news just new developments and and you know maybe it's just a one game thing for matchups maybe it's something bigger it's five games in we have no idea what the hell nick nurse is thinking with his rotations but he was thinking something good last night we'll get to that in a little bit here but first i want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who you know be by now i don't know anything about cars i'm a car dum-dum I really am like meat when I go into a mechanic and I'm like hey my car broke can you fix this and they're like yes sir uh, you're gonna you're gonna pay this amount of much money for this thing and you're gonna like it and I'll be like yes sir I will because I don't know anything about cars or what things are supposed to cost I just assume it's all very expensive but it's not true because you can go to rockauto.com and find all the parts you need for less you're gonna save. As much as, you know, 30, 50, even 100% more you're going to pay at the mechanic than you are at rockauto.com. So you should definitely go to rockauto.com and check it out when you need a part for your car. I've purchased things on Rock Auto before. I've got a gas cap for my old car. It came in like two days, and it cost me $4 when my gas cap fell off. That was just a small little purchase. If I'd gone to the dealership, they would have charged me like 15 bucks, probably, which is not that much. But it's $11 that I can now spend on other things and have spent on other things since then. So highly recommend you go check out their website. It's so easy to use, and you can find everything you need from the important stuff like brake parts all the way down to the aesthetic things like new carpets. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And right locked on, they're had you here about us, Buck, so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.ag who are back and better than ever. A new web interface is in place to start the basketball season, and there are more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get that. So you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 to play with off the top. That's a wonderful deal. Wonderful Go to uh, from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, you got the NHL, boxing, UFC, all of those things, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is aware. the game starts. All right, we continue on here with your first listener of the day, Locked on Raptors. Jay Rosales from uh, the Raptors HQ and the That's a Wrap podcast is here. And I want to continue talking about the uh, the sort of opportunism thing we were talking about. And this kind of goes into the whole point guard rotation question and all that. Uh, I do want to talk about Fred Van VanVleet later on as well today, but we'll just pick up this thread and sort of change the order of operations from what I was thinking. Um, back to the point of opportunism and the rappers having to kind of take advantage of every opportunity and little advantage they can find in order to make their offense work. Delano Banton seems to be one of the avenues by which Nick Nurse thinks the Raptors can do that right now. He talked very glowingly about Banton after the game last night. He seems to be just deeply in love with Banton and everything he does from earlier this week when asked about Malachi Flynn and he was like, I should be playing Banton more, huh? A very weird answer, but he very clearly likes what he's doing and how could you not? He is a six foot nine like defensive dynamo who is apparently like the fastest player in the NBA as well. It's a really, really fun concoction. Again, I don't really know what position he plays. I don't know what, like, he's doing half the time, but it always ends up being something good. I I wonder, Jay, like, I, I, it's so early. It could just be, like, the joy of the Rexdale kid playing at home and getting, like, a good run in here. But, you know, Nurse talked a lot about how, you know, Banton is sort of this way. Whenever he comes into a game, he's getting it to the front of the basket. He's either finding something for himself or finding something for somebody else at the rim. And it's an element the Raptors in their second units have not had for the last couple of years. If you think back, some of their second units were these sort of just like very like energetic but very untalented crews where they would win their six-minute stretches four to two. And that's not going to be enough for this Raptors team. They need offense, whatever they can get it. And Nurse seems to think Banton is a guy who can produce it for him. Uh, what did you think of Banton last night? Who finished the game with 10 points. He had the two threes as well, which was kind of insane. And uh, he had, was four 4-7 shooting with three assists in 16 minutes for the Rexdale kid.
1: Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, I think we saw last night a lot of what endears him to Nick Nurse and the coaching staff. You know, at the end of the... After the game, Nick Nurse mentioned one thing that he really likes about Banton, and that's his ability to learn and and pick up from the coaches so yeah one one example he gave was uh mcconnell had gotten around him gotten to his favorite spot right there in the in the dunker spot and just shot over him they they, they pulled him aside mentioned to him and the next time he did the same thing there was Benton blocking him from behind so he's picking up these things and i think that that, that makes him a very coachable but but B it kind of shows you a bit of what the future holds for this team. And I think you hit it on the head when you said that, you know, you, you don't really know what position he is. And if you and I can't, (laughs) I called him a
0: stretch four guard last night. Uh... (laughs) Yeah.
1: If if you and I can't figure out, imagine what opposing coaches are trying to figure out, like, how do you guard this guy? So I think it's been great to see his development. And again, if, if you continue to show that you're learning, if you're, avoiding making the same mistake twice, that's going to score brownie points with you in, in Nick Nurse's uh, staff. And you know what? It's 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 showing here, right? He was the first one off the bench and it wasn't a, a spot minute kind of thing. It was you're you're going in and you are the backup point guard
0: mm-hmm.
1: for this game. And and he he really answered the call there
0: yeah he was really really good and yeah the first sub thing i think is something to note there he was in with chris boucher they both came in i think they took out trent and i want to say no they took out fred and precious i think um yeah. i, I had the notes somewhere in my many tabs here i can't find it but i believe that was the case yeah. um so you know that seemed like a lineup that wasn't going to be able to produce much there was not much ball handling bantons the de facto point guard you know <laughs> it was tricky but The fact that OG was able to just kind of bully his way through every member of the Indiana Pacers really helped get those lineups going. But I did think it was interesting, a couple of rotation notes, Chris Boucher gets the first sub and Nick Nurse talked after the game about how he wanted to get him in with that particular group. He wanted to get him in to like an early flow so he could kind of, you know, shake off whatever, you know, dust he's been covered with over the first part of the season. Um, I thought Boucher played a really nice game as a low usage. Like he only scored five points. I think he was two or four from the field. You know, it wasn't anything great shakes, but on defense, he was like positionally sound. He was doing the sort of fly around and, and, you know, block shots <laughs> and do your thing stuff. Like I, I thought Boucher, it was a really good example when Nick Nurse talked earlier this week about how you know Boucher doesn't need to shoot himself into a good game. I think this is exactly what Nick Nurse was talking about from Boucher. What did you think of the way he played as one of the first subs in the game after being in the doghouse all week long? Yeah,
1: there was, there was two things that kind of jumped out to me with, with Boucher, and it happened on both ends of the floor. So in, in the pregame warm-ups, I noticed that Boucher was was practicing his drives to the rim, and, you know, the way he is, he's very long and lanky. It didn't look very coordinated, so I yeah. just thought he was just kind of playing around there. But lo and behold, one of the first plays times he touches the ball, he fakes a three because everyone knows he's going to jack it up from out there and drives to the hoop and, and earns himself a trip to the, to the charity stripe there. So... So he's, he's again, it's it's kind of like what I was saying earlier about Benton. You know, you the coaches teach you something and you show that you've learned from it. So he earned himself a, a free uh, couple of points there at the line. And then on the flip side, what we're used to seeing from him on the defensive side is him flying out to the three-point line and trying to block. And there mm-hmm. he was last night being one of the many people uh, on the Raptors' defensive end cutting off passing lanes. And he got a steal that way. He just stuck his long arms in there. And grab the steal away from I don't know who, but the the point is is that he's trying to expand his game to just someone who lives and dies beyond the arc. And I was yeah. very impressed by that. You know, and I'll I'll be honest with you, when he checked in, I thought it was more of a gimmick i thought that right. him birch and banton i was like okay they're doing the whole all five canadians on the on that's the right birch thing. was
0: part of that canadian wave as herbie coon professionally called it as it yes. came in. it's right yeah it replaced yeah. precious that's right yeah but
1: it, but then it, it worked in his favor in terms of like this is actually this, this wasn't some canadian gimmick this was you know there was a purpose behind boucher going in there with birch right and uh, I think that that should continue all season long. I mean, there's, there's no reason for, for Boucher to be playing any center minutes. As long as 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 Birch and Achua are are healthy mm-hmm. and playing as well as they are, then then Boucher at the four is a perfect spot for him. And, you know, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see him less just living out there at the three-point line. He has some flexibility here, right? He He has a lane now that he can drive towards because there is another center who's occupying the opponent's big man. So, yeah, I, I was. it was a very promising uh, night for him. It's it's kind of like baby steps out of the doghouse, but yeah. hopefully it's a step in the right direction against, again, there, there are some very uh, favorable matchups for him in, in the foreseeable future, and, and hopefully this leads to more minutes and playing time for, for Boucher.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's not going to be excised from the rotation just yet. I do think, you know, once is back, there are going to be some decisions to be made, and it's going to come down to who's playing well. And I think, you know, any number of guys between Svi, Utah, Boucher could end up being on the outside looking in after U2 gets back and then even when Siakam gets back it's going to get even more sort of uh you know complex to figure out all those minute you know allotments but you know it doesn't seem like Boucher is on his way out of the rotation however it seems like Goran Dragic might be which i found a little bit surprising last night Goran Dragic a DNPCD uh he you know usually is one of those first subs in and was replaced by Banton in that first sub when they brought in the three Canadians i I don't know how I feel about this one. I feel like, yes, Drogic has not been good. He's missed a lot of bunnies. He has been, you know, a little bit erratic. I don't think he's that bad, though. And I think, you know, there's a lot of value to playing him and kind of having him be a floor general out there when Fred's not like it's sort of like you have a babysitter when dad when dad's not home, right? And so I feel like Drogic is kind of equipped for that. But I I can't really argue with how it worked last night is the thing. Like, Banton was really good. If Banton's going to play like this, then yeah, Drogic and Flynn probably are on the outside looking in because, you know, why have a regular point guard when you can have a six nine point guard, I guess? Like, that's just like the Raptors' MO at this point. Did you have a problem with Drogic not getting in there? Do you think this is just going to be a one-off type thing? Or with the way Banton's playing, does it seem like maybe he's going to be at long odds to get back into the rotation here considering the way he started?
1: Part of me also wondering, is is there a bit of load management in here? I'm not sure. I I, I don't yeah. think there's any problems with, with Dragic from a, from a health perspective. But, um, you know, kind of sitting on the bench and, and being more of a vocal leader rather than a floor general could work in his favor. I mean, he, he is that veteran presence uh, on the team. But, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, again, to your point that Benton really did answer the call here, right? And I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see if Dragic will continue to have these uh dnp cds over the next i'll say i'll i'll pay attention over the next couple of games because if it happened one more happens within the next three games i'd be a little bit more concerned about his his spot in the rotation because you know looking further on down the road i think it's pretty apparent even now that he is still going to be on the trading block come come to the yeah. deadline and he's got to get some minutes if he's going to up his value right and yeah get to wherever he wants get you know, get the Raptors of the return that they deserve. So uh, I I'm hoping that he's not completely out of the rotation, but I see Nick Nurse's thinking here in terms of let's, let's give the young kids some shine here. He's kind of earned it. And again, he kind of, he kind of came through and proved that it was the the right call. Um, you know, as it pertains to Dragic versus Flynn, I mean, it's, I think it's still obvious that that Dragic is ahead of him in, in depth chart. I, I would yeah. imagine that Dragic is going to get some playing time against Orlando, uh, maybe he'll do one of those back-to-back things where there's there's load management there for something but at the same time Dragic is uh is is a known commodity and if if the team finds any struggles I mean that's not a bad person to kind of lean on if if the offense starts to struggle but last night it showed that the offense can do well without him and yeah. you know it a, a win was the result so that's great
0: yeah, and I'm not even necessarily, like, calling for more Drogic. I know I've been a pretty pro-Drogic person, but, like, if they're going to play like they did last night, there's no need for him to be out there to, you know, secure wins. I'm more thinking of it from the trade side of things, right? Like, yeah. you can't get the guy in there and, like, have him show off, hey, I'm worth a first-round pick that's late in the 20s. Please trade for me. Like, I, I feel like you're going to kind of do yourself a disservice there, but if it is helping the team for him not to play, I can totally see the other side of it. You know, I, let me just say this. There's a lot of dudes on the team where like, the rotation's about to get crunched and there'll be more injuries and it won't be a problem all the time because it always happens that way where you're like, there are too many guys and then three guys get hurt and that's just the way it is. But I, I'm keeping my eye on Dragic and Boucher as like a trade package. Like if this Raptors team feels like maybe they're ahead of schedule or something like that maybe they look to try to upgrade with those guys going out the door as rentals. And then maybe they attach a pick or something like that, or maybe they attach those both, both of those guys to a team in need of two role players and they get something back. I'm just fascinated by that tandem and the potential for trade there because they have a lot of fours, a lot of dudes in that kind of, you know, positional battle for the three, four, five minutes And I do wonder if maybe Boucher, because he's a pending free agent, becomes a guy that they're okay sort of moving on from if they don't deem that he's part of the long-term solution, which I think would be fair. Um, We're going to continue on here. We're going to get into Fred Van Vliet's performance from last night, which was just a delight, and uh, talk about how it just kind of changes the whole game for the Raptors when he's playing that way. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Postmates, a new sponsor here on Locked On Raptors. Do you smell that? Mm, it's uh, chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets; they're delicious. Uh, or also, you know, you got the wonderful dipping sauces and all that stuff. Whatever it is, if you like something, food, uh, some sort of food, whether it's nuggets, sauces burgers sandwiches whatever it is the best part is that you can get it to your door easily because postmates exist with postmates i get all my favorite foods with the local restaurants in my neighborhood delivered no leaving the house and even better no getting in the car and finding a parking spot because who wants to do that postmates isn't just all about burritos and sushi you can order things like toothpaste and phone chargers on demand too i lose my phone chargers all the time it's just a it's an epidemic over here and now i can order with postmates and get my phone chargers delivered that's because places like walgreens and 7-eleven are also on Postmates. My favorite part, when the app lets me know that the food items have been delivered. Everything is right outside my door. So cool. That never gets old. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorite foods or the thing that you really, really need that you forgot from the grocery store. The worst thing in the world's like, oh, no, I forgot toilet paper. Well, you don't worry. You gotta, if you forget toilet paper like I do all the time, you can get it for you uh, delivered because Postmates exists. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners just a little something. New customers get a 50% off their first five orders of 50 bucks or more when you use the promo code LOCKED on NBA. All one word. That's code LOCKED on nba to get 50 percent off your first orders of 50 bucks or more max savings of 100 per order just download the postmates app or sign up online it's super easy offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account and i must say that postmates currently is only available to our wonderful listeners in the united states of america Today's show is also brought to you by Sweat Block, which is the uh, product that has literally changed the way I live. It is wonderful. I never have to think about my excessive sweating ever again and whether it's going to bleed through all of my shirts. Uh, I really can't recommend it enough. It is doctor recommended. It is doctor created. It is Sean recommended, not Sean created, but it is Sean used. And uh, I really, really can't speak to how quality this product is. Uh, You use it once and you're good for seven days. That's what it is. You use it before you go to bed one night. You wash up when you go uh, wake up in the morning, and then you just go along and live your life without having to worry about pitting out and sweating through your orange shirts. You can wear pastels again, and that is a wonderful thing. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, or get it at Amazon or CVS. But why not go to the source and get that promo code to get 20% off? Again, the promo code is LOCKEDON at SweatBlock.com. All right, we are going to round out today's show, and uh, Jay, Fred VanVleet, we haven't talked about him just yet. He was awesome last night, 26 points, 10 boards, including four offensive rebounds, which is hilarious, six of seven from downtown, uh, sort of course correcting after a tough start from three, had the six assists as well, was a plus 20, a team best in the game. Uh, I mean, things are just a lot easier for the Raptors when Fred VanVleet is doing what he did last night, huh?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the, you mentioned the four offensive rebounds, even the 10 rebounds, both of those career highs. And you know what jumps out to me is before this season, there was all this talk about the Fred Van Vliet taking over the mantle of of mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry in terms of leadership. And what we've seen over the last two games with the rebounding last night and then the the, the career high 17 assists the night before, we're seeing that he's doing the Kyle Lowry things, which is You know, it's not about the points he puts up on the board. It's how is he going to contribute to the win? Yeah. Maybe he's not taking offensive charges like Kyle Lowry did, but he's (laughs) contributing in other ways. And I think what really stood out to me last night in terms of his rebounding was that all four of his offensive rebounds, they weren't like the cheap ones where it's like a long rebound that happens to fall in his hands. He was fighting with the Pacers down low, the Pacers big man. And he was, you know, there's a couple more that he almost got. He had his hands on them. So I was really impressed by his aggressiveness going to the rim. And a lot of that is a product of the construction of this team. He can afford to run in there and try to grab rebounds amongst the trees because he's got four extremely long-arm dudes who can cover his butt back on, on transition defense. So again, really impressed with his his ability to... to kind of hang with the big guys there and and try to grab some boards um and and really the 26 points are just the cherry on top like a a lot of his threes that came in the fourth quarter there i think he was what six of seven from three yeah they were they were more of the the nail in the coffin nature rather than the we desperately need this three because the offense is stalling nature so yeah overall very impressed with how how he did last night and again it's 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 very encouraging that he's doing these Kyle Lowry-ish things so that we can stop talking about Kyle Lowry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the stuff that really stood out to me that really reminded me of Kyle Lowry, and look, we're not going to compare Fred to Kyle all the time. We've been doing that quite a bit here, but it's just natural, I think, in this part of the season as you're getting used to life without Kyle. But I I do think you know the late game buckets where the team just kind of needs that right like they last night were up 190 the Pacers had cut it to 10 with 434 to go and Fred comes out of the timeout and just hits two dagger mid-rangers over a DeBondas Sabonis who just looked like he was completely lost you know stuck out in space on Fred and those types of buckets are those like Kyle Lowry step back twos or threes that you would see to close out big games in the past I even think his just sort of you know, look, Fred's not a good finisher at the basket, but he's had a couple of moments in the last couple of games here against the Bulls and against the Pacers where the offense does kind of find itself in a bit of a rut. And this is going to happen with this team, but he is able to. All right. Just say, OK, we need a bucket right now. I'm going to just you know, put in that extra gear on this drive. And finish off like through traffic. And he's done that really well through a couple, like the one where he lost his dribble against the Bulls and then still found it and finished up. Like that was a Kyle Lowry ass play if I've ever seen it. There were a couple last night like that as well. You know, that stuff, you know, when Fred's playing like he did last night the offensive concerns become a lot less pressing for the team. And that's maybe an obvious, productive thing to say when the point guard scores 26 points on six or seven from three, things get easier, but it is like, that's just how it works. And it's not going to be like that for Fred every night. We know the limitations. We know that this is not what he's capable of night in and night out, but on the nights where you do get the really great opportunism from the rest of the team, and they're really milking the possession game. And they're, they're really taking advantage of, you know, their offensive rebounding might and OGs having a big night. That Fred performance just like it takes a difference from that being a five point game late to that being a blowout and not really being in, you know, contested at all. And that is where that margin for error really kicks in. And that margin for error is only going to increase, you would assume, when Pascal Siakam gets back and they're able to sort of, you know, blend Siakam and Fred's ball handling talents and, It's just going to be a more sort of well-oiled machine to back up the really good defense that we've already seen that I think is well ahead of what most people should have expected coming in five games into the year. With that, Pascal practiced yesterday with the Raptors 905, Jay. Uh, We should probably hit on that news. I mean, it's very clear they need him back. It was nice to see them win one without him last night. Every win they get without him is kind of a, a feather in the cap and I think will sort of make it a lot easier to gain back ground whenever he does return. Wondering, you know, with Siakam on the way, like what's the most what's the thing you're most excited about with you know, we don't know what it's gonna be, but is there a thing that you're just like Pascal Siakam, get him in the damn lineup for this? What is this? This is
1: the three headed monster of Pascal, OG,
0: and Scotty. That is yeah. by the way, Scotty is... a very quiet 18, seven, and seven last night. No big deal.
1: <laughs> no big deal at all. <laughs> Not that's not the reason why I'm wearing his jersey right now because I absolutely love the guy. <laughs> but yeah, that that three-headed monster when that comes out on both ends of the floor. I mean, you know, we we talked earlier in this episode about the arms that the the, the Raptors have, but oh my goodness, the f- versatility that this team is going to have on the defensive end with that starting lineup, just yeah. those three, and that's with. Fred just humming around, waiting for for deflections and swiping when on unsuspecting offensive players. This is going to be a monster lineup once Pascal comes back. So that's what I'm look, most looking forward to: is that is that triumvirate of, yeah. of Scotty and OG and and how they operate offensively. I mean, there was one outstanding play last night where uh, inbound play, Fred throws it into into Scotty, who touch passes it over to OG for a corner three. It was just a thing of beauty. And I think about that with the addition of Pascal possibly doing like a back cut and OG maybe, uh, sorry, and Scotty doing a a no look behind the back pass to him instead or finding (laughs) OG in the corner. It doesn't matter. Like it's so exciting to think about what Pascal is going to bring to this team. And as you mentioned, it's something he brings this offensive angle that the team sorely needs now. But at the same time, the team is doing a fairly good job of staying afloat without him so yeah I'm, I'm more looking forward to that that trio and how they operate together and how they learn to play together and hopefully by the time he returns he's he hopefully it returns i want to say mid-november ish when they, they hit mm. their long road trip there so i'm looking forward to when he comes back and then seeing how he gels with with og and scotty
0: yeah, there was a stretch last night from Scotty, actually, that got me really excited about Pascal returning, interestingly enough. It was the second quarter that had been to that point until like the last three or four minutes of that half. That had been the worst half that Scotty Barnes has played so far as a Raptor. Some defensive miscues, you know, a little bit of sort of janky offense here and there. But in the back part of that second quarter, he was awesome he was scoring underneath he was he had that you know floater that he got off the og pass he had a block uh he was all over the place and there was one play in particular where he ran a pick and roll with fred and fred found him like his arms were like super high up he was a very presentable target and then scotty just finished through contact and that play there got me really really excited for the siakam og barnes 3-4-5 front court because you can use barnes as your center you can put the ball in his hands and activate him as a playmaker in four on threes if teams are going to sell out to stop fred in the pull-up and then from there you have og probably spacing you've got pascal cutting you're not going to have anyone sort of clocking up the dunker spot like that is really bloody exciting to me and i am convinced after watching this team so far through five games just thinking about how it's all going to work the best lineup for this team is going to be those three with trent and Van Vliet in the backcourt. I mean, you pair those three long dudes with now the two leaders in the NBA in deflections per game at 4.8 per game. That lineup is going to be a nightmare to play against. And I actually think they're going to have some offensive juice as well. And I think, you know, you know, barring some matchups here and there, I'm pretty ready to pull the trigger on. That should just be the starting lineup going forward. And you figure out the precious and Cam and Boucher stuff later, get your best players out there, your best lineups out there as much as possible. That to me is going to be the best lineup for the team. And they're going to close, like they're going to close a ton of games and I think they're going to do it pretty well. So that's my sort of lasting takeaway there. And what I'm really looking forward to about Pascal coming back and thank you to Scotty for really getting my uh, brain juices flowing, thinking about what all that is going to look like. That is going to do it for today's episode. We've gotten a little bit long, but that was a fun game to talk about, so I am okay with that. Jay, thank you so much for being here, man. It was lovely seeing you last night of the game. Lovely to chat with you here. Anything you would like the people to know about.
1: Thanks again for having me on. Honestly, it was, it was a fun game last night, just as fun as this episode was. And uh, yeah, I, I, you can find me on, on Raptors HQ. You can see my Twitter handle there, uh, I'm I'm working on a piece about that physicality I talked that Nick Nurse talked about last night, I'll have that up on Raptors HQ sometime after lunch today. And yeah, that's it for me. But thanks again for for having
0: me, Sean. Of course, man. Anytime it was lovely having you back. And uh that'll do it. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Tony East from Locked On Pacers is gonna pop by. One of my favorite, if not my favorite overall, locked on host to chat with. I love Tony. We're gonna have a great time teeing up the second part of the Raptors Pacers mini series with a magic interlude in between. We'll talk about the magic game as well, although what is there to talk about? The magic game, the magic are depressing as hell. Terrence Ross is cool. I'll do some Terrence Ross propaganda. Um, by the way, there's a photo back here, that one right there. That is a framed Terrence Ross photo. If you can't see on the thing, it is now finally in my shot. It's been in my room above my desk for roughly five years. And now finally it has screen time, which is fantastic. We love Terrence Ross here. That'll be the fun part about the magic game, but we will talk about that and the Pacers tomorrow. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in. We will, uh, of course, uh, we're, are available free on all, on all the platforms. You can subscribe on YouTube and all that good stuff. And you are uh, now free to go make your second listen of the day Locked on fantasy basketballs. Josh Lloyd is doing a great job covering all of the early season trends. And I'm sure he has lots of good, happy things to say about one Scotty Barnes and how he's performing as a rookie in fantasy basketball. We will talk to you again on Friday. Have a good one, everybody. Bye bye.